NTFLCAC. It stands for National Task Force to End Local Communist Armed Conflict. Created in December 2018 by President Rodrigo Duterte through Executive Order No. 70, it institutionalizes a whole-of-government approach to achieve sustainable peace. It doesn't have a definite termination period. It says it will be dissolved if it has already accomplished its purpose, or if the president dissolves it himself. But what is its target? When do they say they have won the fight against the communist insurgency? the longest-running communist insurgency in Southeast Asia. It's a question that scares activists. Are they part of the quota? And how many until the government stops? How many will become collateral damage? Hello, I am Lian Buan, and you're listening to the Law of the Tertaland podcast, where we discuss controversial policies of the executive gaps in the law, and court decisions that shake long-standing principles in the legal profession. In this episode, we wanted to talk about the NTF-LCAC, but without the vial, to view it strictly from legal lens. So we invited a lawyer. Attorney Marlon Bosantog, whose regular designation is Regional Director for Caraga and Cordillera of the National Commission on Indigenous Peoples, is one of the now many spokespersons of the task force. He's held this job only for a year, having spent years as an assistant solicitor general. For this discussion, Attorney Busantog and I agreed to a ground rule. No baseless red tagging. But to talk about the law of the NTF-LCAC, it will be inevitable to discuss specific cases, all pending or on appeal. All of the groups and people mentioned here vehemently deny they are part of the CPP-NPA. None of them are designated or prescribed. None of their licenses as organizations or party lists have been revoked. All continue to be legitimate organizations. But the warning is ominous. The NTF LCAC's legal offensive has just begun. A lot of what we are trying to infuse no, into the judicial law uh, system are 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 novel in character. We do not yet see in in our country radical radicalization as a crime. We do not yet see uh, the patterns or layers of terrorism activities. So I think that uh, I it's it's quite expected that there will be cases that will be dismissed, but uh, it does not mean that we will stop there. Uh, we'll try to recalibrate our strategies moving forward. No, uh, it is really a part of the strategy of the of the legal cluster to actually file a lot of cases, all, all of these cases. I think you will see probably a month from now or the cascade of cases. When will they start firing? When the Supreme Court makes a decision, which they hope would be to uphold the anti-terror law. Edre Olalia, president of the National Union of People's Lawyers, or NUPL, says that this is proof of a state policy to weaponize the law against activists. When you say there is going to be a cascade of cases, um, uh, especially after the ATA has been resolved one way or the other, either way, no, I'm not arguing for or against uh, because I want to be so circumspect. Then uh, isn't this a, a clear demonstration that you are terrorizing people by the threat of uh, this um, 
uh, cascade of, if I may just add, false trump-up charges. The NTF-LCAC has publicly named so many progressive groups as CPP and PA fronts, but they have yet to formally prescribe these groups in court or even use the contentious, some say arbitrary power of the Anti-Terror Council to designate people as terrorists based only on their own secret process of determination. If you are so confident that these groups are really CPGs as you call them, why have they not been designated? Eh, diba, same probable cause determination din naman ang ginagawa for designation. I think kasi, uh, this is my perspective because I cannot really speak uh, on the thought process of our uh, uh, people up there. Uh, I think we are awaiting the resolution on the APA before we can prescribe. Kasi what's the use of prescribing now, for example, kung bigla siyang ma-invalidate, uh, assuming that it, uh, it will be a decision, then we will be releasing all our evidences, uh, piece of evidence, and then ma-ano rin pala siya. So I think it's quite critical right now kung ano talaga yung kakahinatnan ng ETA. Bakit hindi sila kinaksuhan under the Human Security Act dati if you guys believe that they're really financiers of NPA? Sabi ko nga is uh, we have we have kasi uh, this supervening event. Eh. But it does not mean that we are not going to file. no? Uh, we look at, uh, at the political climate. We look at the legal climate right now. Whether it's a winnable uh, uh, climate, uh, it's something that is... Ano, Consistent to uh, your logic, if you're waiting for, for the ATL to be upheld para hindi naman kayo parang ma-invalidate pala, then why name them now? Why not just wait entirely? Uh, for example, sa have... RMP, no? Yeah. Uh, bakit natin kailangan i-freeze yung asset nila? Because it might be used, kasi yung the, 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 the case is... Uh, the, the idea that the premise of the case was terrorism financing. So if we do not stop the financing of terrorism, then it might actually create violence. So I think that resource, uh, the generation of resource of these uh, terroristic activities need to be stopped at this point in time. Attorney Bosantog is talking about the RMP, or the Rural Missionaries of the Philippines, a 50-year-old non-profit run by nuns that does grassroots work with the rural poor. Even before the anti-terror law was passed, the NTF-LCAC requested the Anti-Money Laundering Council, or AMLAC, to freeze their assets, amounting to nearly 15 million pesos accumulated from local and international grants, mostly from Europe, to fund their projects, including setting up schools for LUMAD communities. A judge in Manila backed the AMLAC, giving merit to the fact that in October 2019, the RMP's Northern Mindanao Region Chapter financial officer was arrested in Butuan after a search warrant yielded guns and grenades. This is a template in the government's crackdown. RMP had filed appeals to lift the freeze order, but the government has now moved to forfeit. Sir, could you walk us through the process of the NTFLCA before naming someone publicly? May, may layers bayan is there like committee level and then task force level? What's the process? Oh, uh, all I think all of the information has to be verified and validated. Hindi lang siya pwede isang layer na oh ito name mo yan or ito actually uh, can I just simply discuss ano, uh, one organization for example? Sure. Uh, it's, it's it's a matter of a public public records lang naman. For example, the Rural, rural missionaries of the Philippines. No, how did we come about of this information? We were able to uh, get their financial officer. The financial officer executed these documents. Pinakita niyo yung layers of their activities, but you don't just simply stop at 
at at this affidavit eh. you have to look at uh, other pieces of evidence direct piece of evidence doon sa financial system kung paano siya pumapasok kung paano siya na audit kung paano siya na verify i read the case records of that the records of that case what can you say doon sa sinabi na lang they weren't even informed by their banks that their uh, accounts have been frozen so yung diba there's a 20 day 20 day period they weren't even given the chance to appeal kasi hindi nila alam na na-freeze na pala yung accounts nila mm. uh, i think for for the filing before the amlac or within the powers of the amlac to issue a 20 day freeze order pwede yung na ex party meaning no need for the participation of the other party kasi what's the use of uh, freezing if we will inform them di wala na siyang ano kasi madali yung dispensation ng amounts eh but they will they will be given the opportunity to be heard bago mag-expire yung 20 days. So the court now will determine whether to extend the freeze order to six months or not. Uh, on that particular uh, hearing, doon nila papatunayan uh, that, that their account is not probably connected to terrorism financing. Okay. Uh, so there sir, is, I know, there's a due process. I think the, the, the targeting of their finances started with the Philippines actually telling the European Union, because most of their uh, donate, the, the donors are from the Euro. You started with asking the EU and EU did not really heed, or correct me if I'm wrong. EU did not really heed. They continued to fund them. So, uh, not exactly. Uh, I'm not privy to the personal discussion, but uh, from what was reported to during our uh, briefing, I think that uh, what was required of the state is to further engage EU and to bring to EU the further the, the, the piece of evidence that we had for their own evaluation. But on other aspects, marami naman ang stop na financing. How do you gather the information? Uh, do you do surveillance? And are these surveillance, do all of them have the permission of the Court of Appeals? Marami tayong sources of information. No? Not just, uh, for example, surveillance in a way na, ano, uh, ibaks yung context, pag sabi mo legal surveillance na talaga, that you need the uh, permission of the court. But I think uh, on simple intelligence gathering, that's not required. no? Uh, because that's just simple police work or military work. We have a specific agency for that. We have But I think the source, uh, the wealth of information that uh, we are validating and counter-validating are the, because of the influx of regular returnees, no? doon nanggagaling mostly yung uh, information. Kasi pag nabigyan nila na ito yung kung saan kami nanggaling, dito kami nag-operate, yung ginamit ng organization, ito yung bank accounts namin, uh, these are the people that we transacted with. We have to validate all those steps. No? Uh, pwede naman siyang makita on the layers of validating kung totoo yung sasabi nila opinion. So would you call it, ito kasi yung term na ginamit ni, ng OSG sa oral argument, would you call it informal surveillance? Informal surveillance? Uh, I, I don't want to put kasi ano, I don't want to put uh, uh, people into the crossfire saying that we are doing this and it might be perceived illegally. No? Uh, we'll just simply say that it's it's part of police work to conduct uh, information uh, gathering. It's part of military to conduct information gathering. It's also part of our uh, task, no? To, to verify this particular information before we actually bring it out to the public. So sir, yung mga alerts or yung mga reports na laging nilalabas ng mga aktivista na they're being surveilled, may kumakatok sa bahay nila, may nag-drop in sa bahay nila, is that part of the ordinary military police intelligence gathering? Hmm. Uh, wait, let me qualify ha. Kung basta nagkaroon ng ganyan to na... Uh, But I will not speak ill of, of the police. Kung, kung totoong ginagawa nila yun without the orders of the court, then of course they should be sued. No? I always believe in due process. I always believe that before the state can do any coercive action, if it needs the permission of the, of the court, 
you need to get the permission of the court. If they're doing it illegally, uh, I have no problem them being held accountable for it. The NTFL CAC uses the accounts of what they call rebel returnees to help them hunt down targets and even name and shame them. For example, they took the accounts of two rebel returnees who said they were recruited by progressive groups under the Makabayan Coalition to become members of the Armed New People's Army or NPA. But it was not a prescription case or even a designation attempt. It was the two leaders of Kabataan, Gabriela, and Atakbayan of kidnapping student activist AJ Lucena and also to sue the groups of a war crime through the recruitment of minors to join hostilities. This is under the International Humanitarian Law or IHL. But in October 2020, the Department of Justice junked the complaint, saying, quote, there's no evidence presented showing that Anakbayan is the recruiting arm or somehow connected to the CPP-NPA. On the testimonies of rebel returnees, the DOJ said they were based on, quote, perception. Not satisfied with the DOJ complaint, the government also went to the Supreme Court to get a protective order against the progressive groups, but the justices denied that petition and said AJ was old enough to decide whom she wants to go with. AJ has repeatedly gone on record about her family problems and has appeared in public events to say she has not been kidnapped. AJ also accuses the NTF LCAC of exploiting their family issues to further their anti-communist agenda. For the NTF LCAC, it's part of the propaganda war. Wouldn't it be too much to ask to just collect evidence file, and name them only in the point that you have enough to go to the courts or to go to the authorities? And yung mga wala pa kayong enough evidence to go somewhere, then don't name them at all. That, that, that is a reasonable, it's a reasonable way of looking at it. Uh, but they try to, know, try to stay with me on this one. There is a fight that we are fighting. Ang sabi talaga dyan, 10% of the actual fighting happens in the mountain. Doon namamatay yung mga aktivista. But 90% is a propaganda war. So habang, if we just keep silent on what we know, that for me is a disservice. Kasi we are not telling people na, ito ang modus operandi, ito yung mga layers na dapat magbantayin. Halimbawa, yung parents na yan, pag biglang nawala yung anak mo for a particular three day at pagkakaroon daw ng immersion, uh, uh, dapat mag magsuspecha ka na these are what they are doing. This is what we are trying to prevent. That's why for us, information campaign is really also important. And we cannot just simply say on general statement. We have to give a specific statement also. But I understand where you're coming from that we should not uh, name these people if we don't have sufficient evidence. But believe me, we do. We do. Another root of the NTF LCAC is this go to the Commission on Elections to disqualify Kabataan and Gabriela as party lists so they could no longer join the congressional elections. While it's only a disqualification case, the task force has already achieved its objective to name and shame those groups as allegedly being part of the CPP-NPA. When we filed the case against Gabriela, the premise of the case uh, sa Kumilik was they are using the organization to forward a violent ideology. Uh, that's one of the disqualif disqualification provided under the Constitution. So, but are all members of Gabriela, uh, members of the PP CPP? Absolutely no. Are all members who actually voted for Gabriela are supporters of the CPP-NPA? Absolutely no. 
Before I ask my follow-up, I feel compelled to just say that Gabriela has denied these accusations. Yes, yes. Um, uh, follow-up, sir. You're saying uh, na, when you say that a group is part of the CPPNP, you're not saying that all members are part of the CPPNP. But sir, membership is punished under the anti-terror law. So yes. even if you say that we don't believe that every member, because and daming member ng Gabriela nationwide, yes, yes. mga school may Gabriela. But if membership is punished, then that that reasoning doesn't make sense anymore. Uh, when you say you are members of, of Gabriela, you are not necessarily member of the CPP in India. What we want to punish, for example, is memberships uh, sa, sa ISIS or uh, sa, sa Abu Sayyaf or CPP in PNDF. Yun yun. Yes, sir. Pero, pero, pero at this point, is parang when they made a prescription on uh, the declaration, the president only declared uh, CPP NPA. No? Hindi pa nasama ang NDF noon. But if you move to designate or even proscribe Gabriela, that prescription would extend to the members because membership is a unique crime in the law, in the anti-terror law. I think ano, we have to make class- classification. Uh, Gabriela is the open organization. Uh, underneath Gabriela is a shadow organization. This is just my initial reaction right now. That's my personal opinion. Being members of the Kabataan parties, being members of the Gabriela parties, Uh, membership thereof should not be punished. But uh, yung sa shadow organization and being, me- kasi doon mo makikita na member ka talaga ng CPPNP, you are being indoctrinated. Kasi pag member kang ngayon ng Kabataan Party, hindi, hindi naman sinasabi sa iyo na ikaw ay member din ng CPPNP. It's not. It's not. So, okay, on my end, it's not. So, sir, if you like, I'm sorry to hammer on this, no? Yes, if you yes. designate or prescribe Gabriela, Will there be a discussion of ito ito yung mga shadow organization ito regular members lang um, would would everyone in the security sector know how to distinguish I will reserve my answer because I do not believe at the, uh, between you and me I do not believe that Gabriela or Kabataan Partilis as this time today should be designated or proscribed as a terrorist organization but the shadow organization that runs uh, them uh halimbawa yung Kabataang Makabayan should be prescribed because they know and they are well aware of the actions that they are taking and the connections that they have with the CPPNP. Uh, you will take it as my personal opinion. It will not represent the TFL uh, I'll ask you this, sir. Uh, the Bill of Rights protects the right to privacy, the right to due process. The Supreme Court even created the writ of habeas data to further protect the right to privacy. Do you believe that none of these are violated when you tag someone as a communist or terrorists, when you name them, when the NTFL names them, there's no right violated. In the context where, in the context of your question, if naming these organizations or naming these people as members of the CPP, NP, NDF, and in, if, in the perspective of that person, we don't, we don't have sufficient evidence, I think that you should also bring us to court. But there's a certain degree of line where we cannot stay silent. There's a degree of line where we have to fight for information. There's a certain way that we have to fight without going to court by trying to bring into the public consciousness the modus operandi or the layers of uh, recruitment that they do. So if we say these names and we say these organizations and we are wrong, I think that we should also be held accountable. I'll borrow the interpolation of Justice Leonin on that thought. Sabi niyo nga, if you are wrong, you must be held accountable. Yes. The justice said, pero kapag nag, nakulong ka na, nag-suffer ka na, let's say 24 days, 
and mali, mali pala yung panghuli sa kanya, you, there, there's already psychological trauma inflicted, not only on the person, but on the families of the person, and even the belief in the justice system. So, Justice Leonin was saying, parang maniniwala pa ba na may constitution when you tell a person, sorry, your collateral damage in this important war that we're fighting, in this important fight we're fighting. Okay. I will try to answer that not legally, no? uh, maybe because it's a uh, continuous pa. Uh, but once those kind of cases will happen, it will reflect so badly on the ATA that I do feel that the Congress will be impelled to have the same withdrawn or to have the same uh, amended or actually the same tanggalin na ang ATA if those cases will happen. So I think that there's also uh, this responsibility on the part of the implementers to be very, very careful and to only act on basis of solid, uh, on, on solid evidence or on solid ground kasi it will, it will create a cascade or of a domino uh, an effect. No? Kasi when you talk about Uh, right to security, right to life, right to liberty, those are sacrosanct. Meaning, you cannot touch those kind of rights. But maybe in the fight against terrorism, there is uh, the hierarchy of values. Number one is national security uh, before uh, personal uh, liberty. Because pag nag, nag, nag blow up ang terrorism, it affects, it kills a lot of people. So maybe that is on the balancing of rights. Uh, that probably is the way I can answer. We'll be right back. A human rights lawyer in Baguio suddenly finds out his name is on a government terror list. He goes to the court to take his name off that list. The court grants his petition, but he has already been vilified. Other people on that list with him, who were also taken off by the court, are now dead. I, I have to admit it's very difficult and we are always on the defense, defensive position. I have to admit that on a personal basis, uh, I cannot figure out how these abuses can be stopped. Listen to episode 15 of Law of the Territoland titled State of Terror for the story of Attorney Joe Molintas. Welcome back. I am Lian Wan. You are listening to the Law of the Territoland podcast. This is a conversation with attorney Marlon Busantog of the NTF LCAC's Legal Cooperation Cluster. Sir, would you agree with me that communism is not a crime? Yes. Because wala na ang anti-subversion law. No, uh, I, it's ideology. You believe in the ideology of communism? You believe that it's uh, the form of government they should pursue? Absolutely, that's not a crime. So, when people say, when the other spokespersons of the NTF LCAC say, Oh, they, they, they echo CPP messaging, that they echo communist messaging. What's wrong with echoing communist messaging if communism is not a crime? Uh, we have to delineate, okay? If we are just simply echoing it to the purpose of uh, you believe in the ideology, but if you are echoing it because it's the party line, you are echoing it because uh, it is within the concept of uh, promoting the ideal the violent ideology of uh, CPP and PNDF and in effect no uh, providing support material or moral support for the idea of violent struggle i think this is where we draw the delineation but for example ako sa, sa academic setting i will teach communism and i truly believe that communism is the best way, the best form of government is that a crime absolutely no for me ah, hindi siya crime so why name 
why name or announce the people or even ascribe communism to, for example, the community pantry organizer just because you see that maybe she has communist communist tendencies. So why name them at the in the first place? Kung wala namang, it's just communism. Uh, ito yung sa akin. Ah. Um, ang sa akin yung dapat messaging dyan, and I think which was lost, no, was community pantry is a good idea. It's a show of goodwill from different sectors of society in trying to help others who are at the time of pandemic suffering. So, yung sa amin lang is that there are organizations who actually exploit the idea of poverty in order to generate hatred towards the government. Nung nag, yung, yung, I think this is what was told to me. Ah. Nung nag, dun sa, dun sa pantry niya, they are having people sign so that they will join the May 1 rally and they're giving uh, this particular documents, uh, what do you call this, uh, pamphlets, no? uh, eroding confidence in government. So I believe that if your intent is just to simply help them, help. Do not try to exploit the poverty of the people. I think that's not helping. But sir, like, if, if she wanted to exhibit goodwill, but also wanted to ask people to come join the rally, that it's still yes. a democratic right. I yes. mean, I ask my friends all the time to join, like, whatever, pro-women's rights rally, come join me. And I can do that in the same setting as maybe giving food. It's, I mean, what, what, what's wrong with that? Okay. Uh, this is where we try to, uh, to elevate now uh, the discourse on the, on the modus operandi of the CPP, NP, and there. Are they there to try to better the situation? I see one of the aspects, for example, of radicalization, is to arouse hatred against the government. And then yung template nila na arouse, organize, mobilize. So the intent is not there to simply help. I believe that it is one of the template in which they do in order to, to, to forward their messaging. To what extent does freedom of speech protect those kinds of sowing hatred against the government? Kailan siya magiging krimen? Kasi pag sinabi kong, I hate the government, please hate them to look on oh, ginagawa nila. Is that still protected speech? Um, I think we have to go back to the intent. No? Intent talaga siguro sa akin ang magmamaterial. But do I believe that uh, asking people to hate the government uh, is a protected speech? I do believe that. But uh, if you don't stop at hating, but you start radicalizing these people to the eventual goal of having them uh, holding arms or bearing arms against the government. I do believe that that is the preparatory acts in the commission of terrorism. And sir, So how I, it goes to intent. So sir, how do you know that uh, the, 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 the dissent or yung, yung pag, uh, their, their organizing has already um, gone to the extent of you're radicalizing them to take up arms because yeah we 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 agree that taking up arms is a crime. Yes. Siguro ano ito na yung lalabas talaga yung uh, malalim malalim na case building. We have to know who are the people, no? If they are uh, doing it uh, according to party objectives, uh, they are uh, members of the CPP and that uh, what they are doing is actually in uh, forwarding the or advancing the ideology of the CPP NP in the F. Then I think that that's where we can start drawing the line. So sir, uh, I'm, I'm reading section 4 of the uh, anti-terror law. At this was also mentioned by Justices Kagiwa and Zalameda. It doesn't say that 
you know, it doesn't say that to provoke a person to take up arms against the government. It says to provoke or influence by intimidation the government. So he says, there's a lot of ways to provoke. And when you say seriously destabilize the fundamental political social structures of the country, it doesn't specifically say to take to to provoke them or to to influence them to take up arms. It just says to destabilize. And what is destabilize? So dun yung dun po yung fears that activism can be targeted. What's, so, what are your thoughts on that? Um, ano lang mo tapos thoughts mo na tuwal. Don tayo pupunta ngayon sa intent of Congress, kasi if those are just broad term definition, it might really violate fundamental rights, no? Uh, especially that uh, ganun lang siya discuss. But I think it's it's always, no? It's always uh, uh, weighed on intent of the of, of the person. And then the eventual uh, actualization of this intent if it actually furthers the idea of terrorism. Yes, sir. And it's been pointed out now before that baka intent could be very subjective. Because going by the press con last night of Yusek Badoy, by tagging Rappler as TPP, maybe she's convinced that the intent really is to radicalize people. But I can tell you now that the intent of those writers, she was, she was referring to stories on Al-Qadim. The intent of those writers are simply just to tell a story. So me and Yusek Badoy have two very different interpretations of the intent of those stories. So, could you see the parang the danger of, of who defines intent? Can we go back to Al-Qadev a little bit? I have kasi, personal experiences here. Yeah. Al-Qadev, or Alternative Learning Center for Agricultural Livelihood Development, is an indigenous school for LUMAD students in Surigao del Sur, established in 2004. It previously coordinated with the Department of Education to comply with government standards for alternative learning. The DEPED under Duterte in 2017 revoked Alcadev's permits. So, I went to this area, kahit doon sa pinuntahan ni Sarate, doon sa Sichonay, sa Simuwao, sa may Diatagon, uh, Lianga. I've been to there, no? I spoke with the teachers ng Alcadev, I spoke with the teachers ng MISFI, yung mga students ng MISFI, to the teacher, uh, to the parents, the school mismo, yung mga learning materials. I can tell you honestly, uh, in without any uh, reservation, that they are being used in order to propagate the idea of CPPNP. They are being used as training grounds. And that really breaks my heart because almost all of the victims are IPs. No? In a way, I blame the government. Ang layo ng, ano, ang layo ng areas na to, we know that they are being exploited. Walang school, sila yung pumasok eh. Sila yung nagbigay ng alternative. I don't know how you will take it, but uh, uh, maybe in a sense, if you try to rewrite the story of the Al-Qadev, let us talk to the children, the actual victims. If you want to talk to the, to the story of Al-Qadib, let us talk to the teachers. No? If you want to talk to the story of Misfi or Al-Qadib, let us talk to the students. Maybe because they are being lost in all this conversation. It's being dominated by personalities. But what about the victims? Who are speaking for the victims? The victims can, can speak for themselves. Walang, walang, walang nagtatanong sa kanila eh. Sir, in 2015, I also spoke to um, communities in Lianga, pero not in Lianga. They were already in Tandag at that point. They were in evacuation dun sa, sa, And I, I, sit, I sat in in one of their classes, talked to the children, talked to the elders, talked to the teenagers actually who were volunteering kasi nga wala namang, wala, I mean, walang konti yung DOH dun eh. So a lot of the teenagers had to volunteer to, you know, um, alagaan yung mga bata, magbigay ng gamot. And from my perspective, they were not 
being radicalized to be NPA. The stories I heard, but maybe we talked to different people and I acknowledged that maybe we had different experiences, but maybe that speaks of ano yung intent, ano yung interpretation natin sa dalawang, sa isang community? Maybe... I understand. So, ang sabi ko nga, in one of my understanding talaga dito is that you don't know that you're a victim until you're a victim. You don't know that uh, you are now on the path of bearing arms against the government. Uh, but if you talk to the teachers, they are members of the CPPNPA. Ito yung tinuturo nila. Uh, the courses that they teach actually inside the schools are learning materials for the CPPNPA. But I do understand, no, uh, from from your perspective, and and when you talk to these people, uh, maybe we have uh, different uh, witnesses. Uh, but uh, I I on my own, no, without the presence of the military, because I want to verify. Because sayang naman yung schools for children. If what the state is saying is that they're actually doing this in furtherance of a violent objective to overthrow a legitimately elected government, then I think the government has a case. Doon na tayo magkakatalo sa pieces of evidence. On May 26, the House Committee on Justice held a hearing on repressing Lumad alternative schools. Bosantog tried but failed to ask for a postponement of the inquiry, saying it's better to wait for formal complaints to be resolved. He was talking about the Cebu 7, where the teachers of Lumads raided in Cebu City and sued for kidnapping by the government for allegedly taking Lumad students forcibly from their parents and their homes in Davao del Norte. The Lumads were then staying inside the retreat house of the prestigious University of San Carlos, waiting for pandemic restrictions to ease before returning home. Earlier this May, the prosecutor of Davao del Norte dropped the kidnapping complaints for lack of jurisdiction. The prosecutor said there were, quote, indication of acts committed, but those acts happened in Davao City or Cebu City, not in Tagum City in Davao del Norte, where the government filed the complaint. Busantog says they will file new complaints, this time under the Indigenous Peoples' Rights Act, RIA 371, or IPRA. Ito kasi yung, it goes to the right, no? Uh, may, may battle of rights among yan, right to self-determination, right to self-governance, mga ganyan, right to stay in their territories. Yung pag-act of removing them from their own ancestral domain, that's only a violation of IPRA. Uh, actually, ito, nung ginagawa yung kaso ng... Uh, Cebu 7, sina Chad Bokba. Uh, I think the idea of uh, violation of, of IPRA was not there. Nung nagkaroon ng further discussion, especially nagkaroon ng dismissal, doon sa Davao de Oro because of uh, primary lack of jurisdiction. Yeah, yeah. And we were speaking with the elders and they were talking about why is it, why is this being done to us? Parang we don't feel that people respect us or that the government respect us or this organization respect us. Why are is it always na ginagawa sa amin ba ito kasi wala kaming pinag-aralan? And it came to our mind na there are particular rights sa IPRA that actually was violated when they were taken out of the ancestral domain. And actually, IPRA also has a penal provision na pag na-violate yung mga rights na yun, they could actually be incarcerated from 9, nine months to 12 years. So yun yung kinikase build namin ngayon. Now, I do hope it will not interfere with the criminal prosecution of the other cases like kidnapping or trafficking. But with in in my end, I would like to I know I would like to explore the idea of punishing people for cultural violation because they are in the foremost the most vulnerable a sector in this in this particular fight. Sir, would you refile kidnapping complaints and trafficking complaints in Cebu? Ang sabi nila is uh, uh, 
hindi ko sabihin in details kung ano na pag-usapan but uh, the idea right now is to file for a motion for reconsideration to, to re-explore kung saan nagkamali yung uh, uh, yung police ano bang kulang na piece of evidence but I think dahil level naman ng prosecution dyan kahit madismisen sa Davao de Oro sabi ng fiscal ng Davao de Oro yes it seems that the crimes are committed kaya lang it is in Davao here. City or in Cebu City so that probably is a messaging also on our part na oy Another case involving indigenous peoples are Aitas Japper Gurung and Junior Ramos, the first known people charged and tried under the anti-terror law. The government accuses them of being NPAs who allegedly killed a soldier in an encounter in Zambales in 2020. The Aitas deny the accusation and claim they were tortured by soldiers to admit to being communist rebels. Previously represented by the progressive NUPL or the National Union of People's Lawyers, Japper and Jr. are convinced by Bosantog and the NCIP to drop NUPL and go with PAU or the Public Attorney's Office. How, are you, how will you help these people when it's the government which accused them of being terrorists? Yun din yung ano, di ba? Dapat yun yung irony niya. So, on that sense, I was working as in CIP. No? Uh, yes, we are trying to fight the crime against terrorism, but uh, we cannot just simply condone also their actions in a way because uh, doon nga, nagkaroon ng encounter, tapos namatayan yung sundalo. So, but in a way, they should not be exploited by organizations. That's why uh, we came in no, as, as, as having the mandate doon sa NCIP to protect their well-being as IPs. So yun naman, uh, yun yung ano siguro in a way na nag-cross over yung functions. But primarily in foremost when I went there, uh, I went there as the legal director. I was in the legal director of uh, the NCIP. Sir, but that's very split personality. Wouldn't you say that they would benefit more from lawyers? Doesn't have to be an UPL. From yes, lawyers yes. who actually believe that they didn't do anything wrong. Other, um instead of lawyers who say oh, we believe in your rights we don't want you to be exploited what we also don't want to condone your ah. wrongdoing that's why we are not interfering also with the with the legal strategy of pau if they want to engage the services of other councils external of pau i have no problem with that but do you think they have like they are they empowered enough to actually think of kuhatay ng ibang lawyer other than pau because yeah, you and me agree. Parang medyo ano sila eh, di ba? No read, no write. Paano hmm. sila makakagawa ng ganong desisyon? So, tingnan mo, paano rin nila nakapag-file ng ganong manifestation or intervention before the Supreme Court? When we speak, when I spoke with them, hindi nila alam na ganito. Tapos sabi lang, sana, parang there's a lot of psychological manipulation para sila ipapirmahin. And it's really a form of abuse, no? Bosantog also manages to get the ITAS to drop their petition to intervene in the Supreme Court case. The NUPL would have wanted them to intervene to prove a case of clear legal standing. The withdrawal of the petition was supposed to be Solicitor General Jose Calidas' bombshell at the Supreme Court. But the justices dismissed the petition before Calida told them they withdrew. The ATAS remain in jail indefinitely, facing life imprisonment. We will take another short break, and when we come back, we will talk about the dangers of red tagging. Next time, wag niya kung pariginigin ng revolution. Nako, Diyos ko. Yan ang mas delikado sa COVID. Kaya kung mag-revolution kayo, you will give me the free ticket 
to stage a counter-revolution. How I wish you would do it. Don't understand what President Rodrigo Duterte is saying? Want to know the story behind his words? Listen to Seat of Power, Rappler's political podcast about the Duterte presidency. Hosted by me, P. Renada, Rappler's Malacanang Beat Reporter. Welcome back. You are listening to the Law of Duterte Land podcast. We are talking to attorney Marlon Busantog of the NTF LCAC. To borrow the question of Chief Justice Alex Gismundo during the oral arguments, he said, don't you think that there is McCarthyism happening now? It's the situation happening now in the country. Um, I understand uh, where McCarthyism is coming from no? and even the political climate where it was created back then. But ito yung sabi ko nun, I think I don't know what interviews this. I think we should shift our perspective to the idea that we are not battling uh, communism. That is ideology. No? For me, from where I sit and from all the pieces of evidence that I saw uh, in my personal experience, we are battling terrorism. It waters down the idea that we are just simply fighting ideology. I think we should focus on the idea that we are trying to fight terrorism. Um, sir, uh, this is what the activists say, even in the Supreme Court. Red tagging has become a very dangerous for them because uh, they've seen their fellow activists who are red tagged, who died. Do you believe that red tagging is dangerous? I will speak to you in the prism of evidence. No, Nung nila yung idea of red tagging as something that uh, is harmful, probably to their health, security, life and liberty. They have been filing that cases since 2009, 2016. And uh, lately, I, I was given the opportunity to personally argue uh, against red tagging, and that was filed by the NUPL. And I think the other one was Gabriela before the Court of Appeals. No, okay. they, they have been citing a lot of cases that because of red tagging, this activist, this activist was killed or this activist was uh, under intense surveillance, but they were not able to prove it. They were not able to prove it. They cited hundreds of cases. They even had, uh, cited the numbers of lawyers and judge, judges that were killed during this administration as a proof of red tagging. They cited a particular lawyer activists that were killed, but they were not able to prove it. The Court of Appeals in that case said, there is no direct link between the red tagging and the harassment or death suffered by the activists. That reasoning is a result of the 2015 Supreme Court case Zarate versus Aquino, which is blamed for further weakening extraordinary writs. In the context of the rising numbers of lawyers killed, a pressured Supreme Court will review the rules of the writs. Kung yung victim dyan is yung niretag mo, for example, no, I will adapt your definition of retagging, then I should be held accountable. I should be held accountable. accountable. Kung sila naman talaga totoo yung sinasabi namin, dapat they should be ano, accountable to what they did. Okay, But sir, I can't uh, that it should be entered into the system. Yeah. Um, talking about entering into the system, when Karapatan felt like they were being harassed, they filed for a writ of amparo. And you're correct, they were dismissed because the Court of the Appeal said there, there was no sufficient evidence. Uh, ano yata siya? Uh, pending siya sa Supreme Court, I think, uh, nag, yeah. nag nila. They have, uh, but when it was dismissed in the Court of Appeals, they were countersued for perjury by the, uh, by the NSA. So, on their side, they wanted to hold the government accountable when they failed they were countersued for perjury. So it I doesn't stop. The, it's, it's not the dismissal that uh, precipitated perjury. When they filed their answer, when they filed their answer, uh, sa, or when they filed the writ of amparo petition pala, they cited several facts na hindi pala siya totoo. 
And when you sign this particular fax in a particular petition, it has to be verified. Uh, and if they are not really under oath, uh, I mean, they are under oath. Ibig sabihin, pag nag, nag, knowingly nang naglalay ka doon sa petition mo, you're liable for perjury. I think it's not because the case was dismissed. I think the, the the premise for that was they said RMP was a, was an SEC registered um, organization, yes. pero parang may may mali ata sa papel nila sa SEC. And that, I mean, a lot of startups and a lot of organizations might have difficulty with SEC papers, but that actually got them tried for perjury. So th- um, th- that's the that's the problems with the legal yes. system that they're that they're experiencing. Na parang It doesn't stop for them. The difficulties do not stop for them. And then, naman, they have uh, ano naman yung sa sa kanila halimbawa yung halimbawa yung on the case of decided that a lot of uh, uh, search warrant were invalidated. Yeah. It works for them. In some instances, it doesn't work for them. In some instances, it works for us. In some, in a lot of cases, also it doesn't work for us. May mga kaso nang kami na file na dismiss because uh, halimbawa yung sa ano. Uh, Uh, yung sa DOJ, for example, it was dismissed because the appreciation of the prosecutor is different from us. Yeah. So, we will work on that, ano? we will work on that system. Yes, sir. Yeah, I acknowledge that sometimes sila yung panalo, sometimes kayo yung panalo, or kayo yung talo sometimes, sila yung talo sometimes. But, um, hindi ba yung distinction nandun sa kapag natalo ang gobyerno, talo lang kayo. There's a, no, nothing really happens. Pero pag sila natalo, they were jailed, They were shamed. They were vilified. They lost money for lawyers. They lost funds. So, the distinction, parang, are you in equal footing kapag natatalo kayo? Uh, I, I understand that. No? I understand when you are uh, when you lose against the state and the, the state losing actually. So, don't lumalabas din yung accountability namin as public officials. No? We have to be very, very high on our standards kasi pag nag-file kami ng frivolous cases, it could go against us. We could lose our job. Uh, we could lose uh, our reputation. Pag ganun din naman, so uh, on my end, on my end, on, on the case that I handled, I personally handled, it has to stand the crucible of trial. Kailangan meron kang sold evidence kasi pag once ako nag-file, halimbawa ng Gabriela, tapos na-dismiss yan, it creates a domino effect. Pag nag-file ako against, uh, against Kabataan and then Bayan muna, meron na siyang president eh. Tapos they can use it against me. So those are the little battles also that we fight on our side. This is not found in the Philippine statutes pero isa siyang phrase na binanggit mismo ni Secretary Guevara. He said he kasi he supported a criminalizing red tagging because he said that um if there's a law if there's a specific law that it, it will help it will help reduce reckless endangerment he used that phrase. Um first question um do you think red tagging constitutes reckless endangerment? No. Uh, I will I will respectfully disagree with the Secretary of Justice that red tagging uh, is uh, creates no reckless endangerment of life, liberty, or security. Uh, because it's just, for example, no, if I will look at how it operates in our sector, red tagging is just merely the belief of of, of communism or communist ideology. Uh, yun lang yun. It stops there. So that's why in my in my own messaging, It should not be red tagging eh. Let's look out what they're doing. We look at the actions, at the criminal actions of this organization. And that's what we present to the public. Uh, red tagging is, for me, it does not even, uh, it does not show in context the whole picture that we're trying to paint. Parang it, it creates a wall eh. We are not trying to 
say that, oh, ikaw, member ka ng communist organization, you believe na communist ideology, dapat ikaw ay uh, hulihin ng government, mga ganyan ba, or that uh, you should be the subject of, uh, for example, extrajudicial killing. For me, that's not, that's not even the policy of the state. That's not the policy of what we do. When the petitions were filed against the anti-terror law, NTF-LCAC spokesperson Lieutenant General Antonio Parlado Jr. posted on his Facebook page, quote, Watchful of these individuals and groups and organizations opposing a law that will protect our citizens from terrorism. The day of judgment is upon you and the Filipino people who have suffered enough from the malignant hands of the CPP and PANDF of which you are a part of. Very soon, blood debts will be settled. The long arm of the law will catch up on you and your supporters. End quote. Justices Antonio Carpio and Conchita Carpio Morales, both petitioners, told the Supreme Court this was a clear threat. On behalf of Parlade, the Office of the Solicitor General explained to the Supreme Court that the Facebook post was made in his personal capacity. If the NTF-LCAC so believes that its work is very processed, it's very layered, it's very carefully evaluated, then why not just stand by General Perlado's Facebook post? Why say, oh, personal naman niya yan eh, so we cannot be held accountable for this? Mm. Uh, I will say this uh, as my personal opinion. I will not use it as a statement of NTF-LCAC, but I think the statement of General Perlado is not his personal Opinion. I believe that it is the stand of the NTFLCAC. Yeah, I believe so too because he's the spokesperson of the NTFLCAC. So, but I don't want to say na it's uh, it's it's the NTFLCAC because it might create. Uh, I don't know if how they created the the the, the legal strategy with OSG. It might have a legal ramification. But what is the use of keeping general parlan if you don't believe or stand on what he says? You know, Many of us, especially from the legal side, will always uh, uh, affirm that everything that we do should be under due process. Kasi, tingnan mo to, ah, pag yung ginagawa namin, tapos may ginawa yung isang police uh, uh, agency, tapos it really counters to the idea of human rights, what we do, mawawalan na kami ng integrity. For example, as a spokesperson ng legal, uh, we are doing this because we want to benefit the people. And then suddenly, here comes a group. I, I remember this one. For example, yung alam mo yung sa tondo na tapos may illegal na structure kung saan yung mga tao doon uh, doon nakakulong um, is it oh. the secret cell yeah yung secret cell na yun of yeah. course for me on my own i could that is condemnable parang why do you do that that that's treating people as animals eh in pag nagreflect siya on the actions of intel or nagreflect siya on my action tapos i'm trying to justify it the foundation of what we are saying that we are doing this for good governance or poverty alleviation mawawala kami ng credibility. So as much as possible, the actions of NTFL has to be above board always. So you say that you want to keep an integrity dahil ikaw yan eh, you're a lawyer, yes. you you believe in human rights. But are you conscious that actually people are saying that the NTFL actually violates human rights? We, uh, we see also, uh, especially on the professional side, no, that there's a lot of criticism. But I will also, but I will also say this to you, uh, When I go to the ground, when I speak to people, especially the indigenous communities, there's a strong belief in what we are doing. When I speak to the parents of the victims of recruitment, there's a strong belief in what we are doing. You worked in the OSG. 
for a long time before transferring to NCAIP and getting the uh, this this position in the NTFL cap. Um, the, what's the shift been like? Well, is it better now that uh, that you're serving the government in this capacity, uh, in, um, as compared to how you served it in the OSG? Uh, if we try to analyze it in the context of uh, NTFL cap, no, uh, being one of the spokespersons or being one of those that build cases. Pagpunta ka sa OSG kasi andun na yung problema eh. So try to troubleshoot, you try to bring uh, justice, but the crime has been done. I think my shift in going to NCIP is uh, approaching itself the community. You know? Parang so, yung ginagawa nila na parang community pantry, I've been doing that for the last two years. Parang engage the community, talk to them, learn of their problems, try to bring in government services before any crimes or exploitation can happen. And I think that that probably is the reward for me. At least kung my actions man ako, I'm, I'm accountable to my actions. I can see the uh, result, no? maybe tomorrow. Uh, maybe in, along the way, you inspire people to at least believe in the government more. In in the middle of all these criticisms against the NTFL cap that uh, may mga human rights na nababiolate, you stand by? Do you stand by the task force? Uh, when NTFL cap was presented to me, it was crafted in the idea of whole of nation approach or whole of government approach. That is premised in two fundamental principles. Number one is respect of human rights, and number two is good governance. As long as Intif Elkak is not shifting or veering away from that kind of fundamental principles, I will fully support Intif Elkak. All right, thanks. It should not be used, well, but but it should never be used as a tool for the government to oppress the people. That was Attorney Marlon Busantog of the Intif Elkak. I am Lian Buan. Thank you for listening. Follow us on our social media accounts for more news, videos, and podcasts. Listen to Rappler's podcast on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and wherever it is you get your podcasts.